As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Michael Blasco and he co-founded Tampa Bay Food Trucks in 2011, which held the first food truck event in Tampa Bay. That's my home, my home right now, my stomping grounds, Tampa, Florida. I love it. Uh, this was back in September of 2011. And, and they did that. They launched it at Hyde Park Presbyterian Church. Since then, the company has flourished into driving millions of dollars of revenue to local food trucks here in Florida. Michael is married to Danielle for five years. He has a four-year-old son, Jonah, and an 11-month-old son, Micah. Mike, I really connect with you on that. I don't know if you know this, but we just had our first baby uh, going on three weeks ago. Um, so yeah, right in the middle of this whole, thank you. Right in the middle of this whole crisis all around us, right? The world coming unglued and, uh, we're in a hospital and, and boom, new life in my hands, precious, uh, baby girl. Uh, we named her a Laura, which means the Lord is my light. And what a gift of joy in the middle of all of this that God brought to us. So I just wanted to connect with you on that as a daddy, because I could finally say I'm a daddy. But anyway, Michael, welcome to Broken Catholic. Uh, go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that quick intro I did for you, would you? Sure. Yeah, I've been living in Florida since 2006. Tampa Bay is my number one city. My number two would be San Diego. If I wasn't going to live here, I'd move there. And it's, it's got a lot to do with the weather. I love being outside. I love doing things outdoors. And so it's one of those things where as somebody who's a food truck broker, I get to spend a lot of time outdoors at events and things like that. So it's pretty awesome. That is so cool. And uh, I used to live in San Diego for five years. So I really nice. get it. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, it's considered the most perfect weather in the country, like a low of 72, a high of 78, perfect blue skies. But let me tell you something about that. Even perfect weather gets boring. And, and you, you wouldn't think it, right? Because everybody here wants to live there, the West Coast. Oh, yeah. But then everyone right. in San Diego misses the seasons. It only rains 22 days a year. So they're all jealous kind of of us. It's, it's grass is green on the other side syndrome. You know, San Diego scared me. You know why? Because it was too close to Hollywood where everybody thinks they're going to go and it's going to change their whole world and all the problems are going to be fixed. And they're the exception to the rule. It's not. They're going to go there and they're going to live in misery and then move to San Diego because it was close by. <laughs> exactly. I, I love that you said that, right? Because so many of us, right, if we're speaking all things spiritual right now, Michael, we have spiritual misalignment inside of us. And we think if we change our external environment, it all goes away, right? We move to San Diego, for example, or move to your favorite city, wherever it is. And all right. your problems just disappear. Well, that's not the truth, right? All you do is you bring all your problems to that city now. All right, let's get, let's get into it. So you can find Michael at tampabayfoodtruckrally.com, tampabayfoodtruckrally.com. 
And Michael, let's start out, take a, a, a quick minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. I think sometimes people are surprised that I've been on three mission trips down to Brazil. So I went with Amazon Outreach and went down to Manaus, which is in the northern part of Brazil on the Amazon River. And each of those trips was unique in that I was in a different place spiritually. On each of those trips, the first trip, I thought I was going to give the people of Brazil God. And I was completely wrong. They gave me so much more than I could have ever even imagined giving them. The second trip, I, I had a little more humility, but I, I don't know that I was prepared for all the things I would see and do when I was there. And then the third trip, the final trip that was probably in 2012 or 2013, was really just eye-opening from the perspective of seeing how those folks lived and just their gratitude and their grace. Um, was just awesome. So it, it's something that really sticks with me. It's not just beautiful landscape. It's not just a deep breath. There's different. The air is almost like you're on an oxygen tank. There's so much life around you when you're on the Amazon River. It's amazing. But the people, the further you got from the city, which I think is probably one of the most remarkable things I learned, the further you got from the city, the greater appreciation people had for just your arrival. Mm. And I, I, I would guess you could probably say that about any city in the world. The further you get away from the city, the more appreciation people have for your arrival. What a great way to say that. Yeah. And probably the as, more appreciation as, they have for life in general. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. And I, I moved to Dade City. I still commute to Tampa. So we live on five acres in Dade City. I'm a country kid that grew up in Pennsylvania on, down the hill from a farm. And so as much as I love the city, it's exhausting. There's, there's too much going on. It's almost like we weren't designed for that. Mm. Why do you think we're so attracted to it then? That's shiny. We like shiny stuff. We, we like, like the stuff we're not supposed to do, right? <laughs> we like the bling of life. <laughs> yeah, we do. There, there's excitement there. There's fun. There's a lot of opportunity, of course you know? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I used to work in center city, Philadelphia. Um, there were certainly things about it that were attractive, but I tell you what, there was a lot more that wasn't attractive. I get that. Right. Because yeah, I'm, I grew up, you know, New York and I, I was long Island, which is kind of like Dade city. Right. And then we drive to the city, <laughs> right. We would drive. I don't, I don't think that's a fair comparison. Well, but it is in perspective to New York City, right? It was like country, sure. right on the island. Right. And then we drive to New York City, and it was like, wow, insane amount of distractions and, and just city life, right? But we were drawn to it. Yeah. Okay, let's shift here. I want to get into your story, your spiritual journey specifically, and take us back in time and just share with us uh, what was life like growing up, right? Don't paint us the whole story, but just was mm -hmm. there faith in the home, a certain denomination you were raised in, and then uh, take us through your teen years and to present day, what has God been doing this whole time in your life? Sure. So I grew up Catholic. I was confirmed. Um, I went through all the CCD classes and all those things. Um, I went to a good Catholic church. I probably understood it as much as any, you know, 12 or 13 year old. One day, uh, my mom looked at me and said, do you want to go to church today? And as a 13-year-old, Joe, what do you think I said? No, uh, not a chance. Please, right? please, can I sit in the front? <laughs> so I went to a very, very traditional um, Catholic church. And so it was, it, it was, I believe it was called Roman Catholic. And so it was, it was not a bad church. It just wasn't a church that was engaging like what we see in churches today for youth. And so naturally I said, no, I don't want to go to church. And so I really kind of fell away from the church, probably from 13 or 14 on. And I came back to it when I was in college at Westchester University. I got invited to a church service there and the local chapel was Catholic, but it was a little more progressive than what I was used to. So I was really into it. Um, 
really enjoyed it, built some relationships there, had some unique experiences with people there, uh, gained a lot of life experience with uh, learning a little bit more about what's it like to be an adult who is kind of chasing after their faith. And then when I moved to Tampa in 2006, I actually joined a small plant church that was meeting at the YMCA in New Tampa called LifePoint. And so LifePoint at the time was church in a box, right? Pop it up in the middle of the YMCA. I talked a lot more about Jesus than my original Catholic faith um, of what I remembered, but really kind of told the story of salvation a little different. And it resonated with me that I had access to God at any time. I don't know that I made those connections when I was a kid and and I could just stop what I was doing and I could pray. Um, Didn't matter what time of day it was or what was going on. So that was a a big revelation for me back in 2006, 2007, when I was going to that church. And then I actually helped them go to their new building. It was an old Winn-Dixie at Cross Creek Boulevard and Tampa Palms was a Tampa Palms, no, Bruce B. Downs Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And so it, and so they're still in that Winn-Dixie. They recently just changed the name, I think, to Gather Church or something along those lines. I think they rebranded from LifePoint. A pastor there is uh, Brad White, cool guy, very energetic. Um, we went in and we painted the walls of this place. They did the construction on the place and built it out, and they bootstrapped a church, man. And now I know that um, Thousands and thousands of people have come through there and come to know Christ. Um, They're very much a seeker church. So they're okay with the fact that people are going to come there for a year or two, get to know God, and then probably move on to someplace else that's going to give them a deeper spiritual journey, which I think is really good. I think that's important. And so it's it's a very welcoming church, very cool. Um, Mm. And then probably, I went there probably until I moved to South Tampa. Oddly enough, my roommate in South Tampa was out drinking and partying, and so he blocked my car in when he came home, and I couldn't get out to go to church, to go to North Tampa. So I pulled up Google, and at the time, that wasn't all that common of a thing to do. It was probably in 2008, I would guess, maybe 2009. And so I Googled the local church, and it was Hyde Park Presbyterian. And so I got out, and I took a 15-minute stroll down Swan. And I was at the church, and so I walk in, and I see a guy named Mark Huey, who at the time was uh, head of economic development for the city of Tampa, and now he's down in Sarasota doing that. And he's just a guy I really looked up to. I thought he was a really sharp guy, really had his stuff together, and I thought, man, if Mark's here, this place must be all right. And so, you know, I stuck around. And so that's that's kind of how I ended up at Hyde Park Prez. You know, I've done some different things like life work leadership. I went through that with you and with Jay Lippy. He's been a great mentor. He actually married my wife and I. Um, I, I had people crying after my wedding. I'm like, are you okay? They're like, that's the most beautiful wedding ceremony I've ever seen. And I was like, it's it's all right. Why don't you go get a drink? We're, we're not Baptists around here. You can go have a beverage. <laughs> quite an experience. Uh, After that, I got involved with a group called C12, which I'm still in now, which is a group for CEOs to come together and kind of use each other as a board of directors, which has been fantastic. It's really changed the way I apply faith in my workplace and how I I talk to my team and how I conduct myself. So that's kind of, that kind of brings you up to today. That was a great uh, broad picture of, of your spiritual journey. Thank you for that, Michael. And I think, you know, BC Nation, our listener can really relate to some of those. And, and I encourage you as you're listening to Michael's story to pull out what resonates with you. And Michael, something I saw, um, or that I see in your story is this pattern or this, this string throughout uh, your spiritual journey of going from one church to the next church to the next church. But really what made you stick at each of these churches were people, were mm-hmm. people that you connected with, people that you respected, that human touch, the human side of the body of Christ. And even, you know, with Presbyterian one, you're like, hey, if this guy is here, this guy who I respect, you know, um, in my hu- with my human faculties, I look up to this guy. If he stamps it and approves it, it must be good. Let me give it a shot. So, let me go back in time here because I think we all can relate to that, to the human experience of going to church and, and fellowship and connecting with other people in the body of Christ. 
But then sometimes I, I know because I have had other guests on where we give up um, one for the other. We almost make it a this or that. So, you know, you mentioned the, the Catholic church years ago. Absolutely. The Catholic church, Roman Catholic. Um, I was raised in it. So I, I connected with everything you said on that. Um, it presented it in a very uh, different way. And it was, it really didn't touch the human senses. Um, and, and I don't mean the five senses, right? You got incense, you got the beautiful music, you got all that. But the, the right. fellowship part was really missing. Other than the, you know, okay, turn and make the sign of peace. That was like the only fellowship. And then everyone scatters into the parking lot and takes off. I see you next Sunday. And that was about it. And I know with our Protestant brothers and sisters, they just do a phenomenal job of fellowship and, and small groups and Bible studies. And there's so much that the Catholic Church can really take from that. Now, bring it to modern day, the Catholic Church has really uh, been building that. And I know in my own church, like we have yeah. more small groups than we can handle now, men's groups and everything sure. like that. Here's my question. Is there anything from your childhood faith that where God planted you, is there anything in present day in your journey that you feel is missing or that you miss, or you'd like to go deeper with? If you were just being real about it and transparent, is there anything there? I think a better understanding of scripture. I'm, I'm kind of a history buff without the knowledge and wisdom to apply that, if you will. So I, I really enjoy learning why things were said, when things were said, where they were said. So I think probably just a, a, a depth of knowledge in the scripture. You know, as a kid in the Catholic Church, uh, one of the things that really stuck with me was, I don't even know if, whether it was instilled in me by parents, or but they're like, if it's in the Bible, and that's kind of, if it's in the Bible, and that's what I really apply today, Joe. You know, as, as a Presbyterian member of a Presbyterian church, I don't buy into the red tape, man, because it doesn't matter. If it's man-made and it wasn't in red letters, it doesn't mean that much to me. Like, how important could it be? If it's a man-made thing from the 1500s during a, an age of the church trying to bring itself back alive, I'm kind of uninterested in it. So that's where I'm at with um, those different pieces of faith. Like, I'll go to a Baptist church, I'll go to a Presbyterian church, I'll go to a Catholic church. It doesn't matter. It's like you said, it's one God. It's all the same. I, I like the way you put that. And, you know, I can't argue that because it's your story. It's your story. And know what I want to. Again, to your point, we all worship the same God. We just do it a little differently. And I know, uh, listen, I married a Southern Baptist girl, by the way. I'm, I'm that daring. I'm that daring. Right. And, and there was, there was a lot that her family wrestled with, you know, in, with me um, and the, the faith differences. And they saw Catholics as doing a lot of extra. Well, it's extra. It's not in the Bible. It's extra. And I said, let me ask you this, you know, just for a second. Like if your son came or daughter came home from school and uh, you know, they said, mom, look what I did or dad, look what I did. Um, you know, here's what was required, but then I did all this extra work. I did all these extra assignments and stuff like that. Would you like chastise your kid and be like, how dare you? Why would you ever do that? You terrible human being. No, they, they did extra. They did it above and beyond. Of, short, of course, I'm making this very simplistic in our understanding as a metaphor, sure. but if, if, if other denominations do a little extra, um, we don't need to beat them down and, Agreed. uh, yeah. And, and really just find those commonalities. I'm all over the place right now today. So with my questioning, so sorry about that. Let's go here because okay. you and I spoke about, well, before we, we came live on the show and I said, Hey, how's it going? And you said, dude, right now with this crisis, like our businesses revenues have dropped significantly. Um, so I think you worded it this way. You said, what took us 10 years to build, we're watching kind of crumble before our eyes. And I'm paraphrasing. My question to you, because there's so many listeners right now that are in that situation that you're in, they're watching their career that they built 
just kind of fall away. They're watching their revenues fall away. They're watching the business they built fall away. And it's completely outside of their control. They can't take it back. They can't go in and save it, salvage it, et cetera. What's that like for you on the inside, spiritually? What are you wrestling with? What are you struggling with? Is there something that you're having a conversation with God right now where you're pissed, you're angry, it's not fair? What's that been like for you, Michael? You know, it's a tug of war because there's days where I wake up and you're right, I am angry. I'm not happy with the way things are going. I'm like, why is this happening? This just doesn't make sense. And then at the same time, uh, you know, another day I'll wake up and go, man, this is really a good opportunity. This is kind of a fresh start. When else does your business completely shut down and give you the ability to, t to plan, pivot, and launch? It never happens. It's impossible. And so from a spiritual perspective, I'm excited one day and I am exhausted the next. Like to the point where my eyes hurt and I I'm just, it's not a headache. It's like a, I've had enough ache. Like I can't do any more today. Um, and it's interesting because everyone's emotions are heightened, right? Everything. Like if it's probably good that there's not a lot of people on the roads because road rage incidents would be like through the roof without a doubt, just because everyone's emotions are running so high because there's so much going on. And so having two small kids at home, um, it's stressful having the both kids at home. Um, while both parents try to work remotely and do these things, it's tough. I mean, it's hats off to the child care workers that, you know, watch my children every day. And my, my kids are pretty good. Everybody says that, but like, they really are. They're well behaved. And so I can't imagine having kids that throw tantrums all the time and everything else. I, I don't know if I can handle it, Joe, to be perfectly honest with you. So from that perspective, it's interesting. Um, you know, the other thing I can't, I would be remiss not to thank God for the fact that we started a new business about two years ago called Florida Food Truck Builders. And it's maintaining, building, and restoring food trucks because food trucks couldn't stay on the road. And so the whole time while I'm building this business for the last 10 years, I'm saying to myself, I got to find a way to diversify. If something ever happens where events go away or something goes on, like, you know, I've got to have an income. I can't just rely on one side of this business. There's got to be another side to it. And that side also goes into building coffee trucks. And we're building a barber truck right now for a guy named Randy, who's just awesome guy. And so there, there's things like that from the perspective of, I couldn't have ever imagined this happening, Joe. No one had a plan for our revenue to go to $0. No one. Anybody who had that plan was almost bona fide crazy and they had put themselves out of business trying to put money away to save for it because they would have never been able to grow their business and move ahead. So it's very much a God thing that we started Florida Food Truck Builders. And it's, uh, it's, it's an awesome blessing that he put that on me two years ago. And I didn't really know why. And to be honest, a lot of people looked at me like I was nuts. Like, what do you know about building a food truck? And the answer, honestly, was, I don't know a whole lot, but this guy who runs my DJ truck, who's a drummer, happens to also be a metal fabrication designer. What are the odds of that? And so Noah helped me launch Florida Food Truck Builders, and there's our shop foreman. And so what I would say to those out there struggling with their faith and, and having things going on in their business, look at this as an opportunity. And it's difficult to do that. I'm not saying that's an easy task, because it's not especially in such tumultuous times, but it's a great opportunity to look at your business and say, if I could redo one segment of my business, or if I could reapproach it from a different angle, what would I do differently? And so I feel like that's an opportunity we have right now. I can't imagine in the next 30 or 50 years, we're going to have another time where our economy comes to a screeching halt. Hmm. What an interesting way to look at what's happening. And, Someone said it to me the other day. Uh, actually, no, they didn't say it to me. Um, I think it was Hulk Hogan, actually, was just recently quoted. Uh, Terry didn't say that to you? No, no, no. And, and, and um, <laughs> I am totally paraphrasing this right now, BC Nation. But he said, God removed um, all, how do you say it? Oh, 
God removed all the things we were worshiping. Like he removed mm. all the things we were worshiping, money, success, pleasure, busyness, distractions, you name it. He removed it all. What were the first places to go out, go down or shut down? The bars, the nightclubs, right? The strip yep. joints, like all these places. And it's like God removed it for us because his precious children couldn't do it themselves. We were too weak. We were too stuck in it, like you said. Like we couldn't do all this yep. even if we wanted to. We couldn't even stop our own business from running. It, the right. wheels are in motion and we were stuck in busy, 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 distracted, distracted, distracted. Stop looking up to God. Keep looking forward. Keep looking down. And this is how we go through our life. Then we end up on our deathbed with all this regret and it's too late. And what a blessing. Hey, go ahead. And by the way, I go by I'm, Joseph. It's been years since you've seen me. Oh, I'm me, sorry. So. No, I forgive you. Go ahead. Sorry. See, Catholics <laughs> forgive quickly. Go ahead. <laughs> I just, I just want to say that I'm, as I'm doing this reset, I'm still struggling with, all right, look up to God. I'm still struggling with that. I, I'm not there where I'm like in this holy place where I read the scripture and I know exactly what I'm supposed to do today. I'm not getting that. Not why yet. not? You were, you were taught this. You were raised with this. Why, why do we struggle to trust God? Why do we struggle to look up to him? Why do we go and look down at our navel and we rely on ourselves rather than on a creator? Why? It's human nature. It's, it's sin. What's the biggest thing you struggle with right now? If you're just being real about it in trusting God rather than trusting yourself, your own resilience to get yourself out of Re it. Restarting my business, knowing that I'm going to have a business left, knowing that it, it's probably accepting that I have, zero control over this, even though I still want to take it and shape it and make it what it should be. I don't need to make it what it should be. It's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm not saying I should stop working or, or take the hands off, but at the same time, I should probably be a, a little more intentional about still slowing down because I'm back in busy mode. There's nothing going on, but right. I'm, I'm replanning everything. I'm trying to redo everything. I'm back to being busy and saying, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta leave. I gotta, I, I, I gotta get down to the shop real quick and check on the guys. Like that's, you know, the guys are fine. Joseph, they're, they're fine. <laughs> so what do you think is the lie in, in your head right now? And thank you for just being so real right now, because BC nation, you're struggling with this as well. Exactly what Michael's saying. You're struggling with going back into busy mode, even though God just stripped away all your distractions so that you would look up to him. And what do we do? We're like, no, I'm not looking up. We're stiff necked, right? Just like in the old Testament, we're stiff necked. I I'm not going to look up to you, God. I'm going to take back this control, even if it's pretend control. Michael, what, what inside of you refuses to be still and to know that he is God, as he says? What's, what are you scared of? Be real. I don't know. I know as a kid, I always had the fear that I wouldn't be successful and that I would end up living under a bridge and be homeless and not be helpful to those that uh, I care most about. And I don't know if that's a lie that's still haunting me, but that's the only thing I can really think of that would cause that. And so by any measure um, of success, I mean, I have a great deal of success from the fact that I have a, a wonderful family. I've got great people around me and I, I enjoy life every day. That's not something everybody gets to say. I mean, if that's not, and, and I know my creator, I have a relationship with him. I can talk to him. I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question, Joseph. I don't, I don't know that I have the answer. Mm. So BC nation, I'm gonna challenge you. And Michael, up to you if you want to be challenged this way, but BC Nation, I'm going to challenge you specifically. Go to God with that. Like take it to your heavenly father, that conversation. That's the conversation he's wanting you to have with him. He's been waiting probably for years for you to come to him and say, Father, I love you. 
But when it comes to my business and my finances, my future, my family, I love you, but I don't trust you. I trust me. I always have. I'm the one that gets back up. I'm the one that fixes things. I'm the one that creates new things, shapes things, as you said, Michael. But I don't trust you, even though you tell me to. I don't. Michael, I had to have this conversation with God. And I went to him and I said, God, I love you. I don't trust you. That was the beginning of everything. Right? Like Alcoholics Anonymous, what's the first step in any type of addiction? Got to admit you have a problem, right? You got to admit there's something there. And, and BC Nation, I'm telling you, you're not the only one that struggles with trust and God. You're not. Like you're part of the 99%. <laughs> we all struggle with this thing. And Michael is courageous enough to expose it, to share it and say, hey, this is my thing. And Michael, you cut me off to tell me that, by the way. There was something inside <laughs> your heart that said, say this and say it now. And you went there, dude. That is God. That is the Holy Spirit. Bring it to the surface, something he wants out of you. I promise you, I do spiritual coaching for a living. This is the thing. <laughs> now, here's what we do. Here's what we do, BC Nation. I'm going to go a little over on this show because Michael has brought something to all of us, and it's a gift. Here's what we do. God exposes the thing in us that he either once removed from us or he wants put into us. It's one or the other. And he brings it to the surface. It bubbles up. And we're like, what the heck is going on? Why is this coming to the surface? I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. This is different. And we try to avoid it. And then what we do, especially us men, is we start pushing it back down. We suppress it. Why? Because it's what we've always done. Anytime something uncomfortable comes to the surface, it's a feeling, it's an emotion, it's awkward, we can't control it, it's making our face start to leak, etc. We push it back down and try to suppress it. The very th opposite thing God wants us to do with it. What he wants us to do with it is to come and now bring us, bring to him that thing he just showed us. That's the conversation. So what does it look like, BC Nation? Go to your heavenly father today or first thing in the morning. Get quiet with him. Say, father, here's this uncomfortable, awkward thing you just showed me. I don't like it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to face it. It's ugly. I don't like it. It's nasty. <laughs> or it's a, it's a wound from my childhood. Everything inside of me wants to push it back down. I'm bringing it to you. I surrender. Here's the words. Father, I surrender to you blank. Fill in the blank. What's the thing God showed you? Father, I surrender to you this. I don't trust you. I surrender to you my control freak <laughs> that needs to control everything in my life. I surrender to you. And I give you permission to remove it from me. In the name of Jesus and actually mean it, and then believe he will, because he's your good father. This is the conversation we don't have. How difficult was that? That was 30 seconds. If we have that conversation, God will remove it. God will take it. God will heal us. That deep childhood wound, trauma, whatever. Michael, what shows up for you in that? What do you see there for yourself? Need to surrender that. I have a a long history of compartmentalizing things just like we all do and saying, yeah, God's here, but God's not over here. God can be here. I'll, I'll be there on Sunday. I'll, I'll, I'll go on Wednesday nights and go to my small group and, and we'll talk about how it makes me feel. But on Friday morning, when I got to go do this, God can't be there. And that's just not the case. And that's one of the things that I really learned from C12 and the, and they're slowly eroding that away from me and C12 as I look to other CEOs in the area that are bringing faith into their workplace and bringing chaplains into the workplace and 
having people talk about faith at work. And so it's definitely something I need to, to pray about, spend time with God about and talk to him about. You're absolutely right. Mm. Praise God for just showing you that. And again, that's a courage what you just did, brother. You just showed up extraordinary on this show. And you're doing it live, dude. Like we're the number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. And you're sharing this right now. And I guarantee you right now, God is striking hearts all over planet earth from you going there. Guarantee it. We're all struggling with control issues. We're all struggling with inner control freaks. All of us. We're all struggling with compartmentalizing God. God, I'll give you Sunday. Take all the control on Sunday up till probably seven, eight o'clock. And then I'm going to stop all my spiritual stuff and family time. And I'm going to start focusing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? And writing out my plan and goals for, the day, for tomorrow, et cetera. And we just box God right out of it. No. Is that the way? I don't know. I go back to this one question, Michael. Is it working or is it not working? It's a very simple question. And there's no blame. There's no guilt. There's no shame around it. Is it working? Is it not working? Look at any area of your life, BC Nation. Is it working? Is it not working? Compartmentalizing God. Is it working or not working? And you may say, well, it's working. You know, it's, I'm comfortable there. Yeah, but are you fulfilled? I mean, are you pouring out, overflowing like some of those people you look to spiritually and go, wow, I want that kind of joy that that guy or gal has? How do you think they got it? They had a moment of spiritual surrender. I promise you. They hit their knees and gave it all. Michael, I'm, I'm on a rant did. here. <laughs> you good. know You're these good. people. You know these people. I know these people, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny whenever I know that I have a heart of service. So when I'm serving, I start to get excited and start to overflow with the love of Christ without a doubt. And I've been not serving nearly as much as I have in the past. And I need to get back to it. That brings the joy. It brings the excitement without a doubt. Listen, that's fantastic. So if you're willing, because you're ready so heroic to me, dude, what are you going to do? We all know what we need to do, what we got to go work on. We all know that, but that in itself is control issues. I got to go sure. fix it. I'm going to go work on it. That's not what God wants. God wants you to surrender it to him. He'll do all the work. He'll do all the healing. You just got to get out of the bleeping way. So what do you want to do? What are you going to do? Is there anything you want to commit to right here on the show? I'm definitely going to spend more time with God in the morning. Um, when I do, my day is entirely different. There's no other way to put it. It's entirely different. Whenever I start the day with him and I spend time and I'm in thought and in prayer, and then I begin the rest of the day, it just, it, it changes the whole day. Mm. So good. Put the kingdom of God first, right? And all these things will be Absolutely. given to you. And, and I, you know, many people don't associate this, but I connect it this way with my clients. And I say, listen, you tithe your money to God, the first of your money, right? You give back to God. That's awesome. Great job. But what are the two greatest gifts, right? God gives us, well, three, actually. God gives us life. He gives us free will, and then he gives us time. What if you gave God the first fruits of your time every day? What if you gave God, say, one hour, 60 minutes, not 59, not 58. Jesus even said, could you not even spend one hour with me? Right? He said that in the garden, right before crucifixion. Mm -hmm. What if, BC Nation, you gave God one hour of your time every morning and started your day with him? During this pandemic, how might you come out the other side? How might your future look? Imagine what God could do with that. You want a new shift in your business and in your life? Give it to God. His plan's better than ours, I guarantee it. 
Michael, I love that commitment. Thank you for doing that publicly. And there's something powerful about a public commitment. You know what it is? Accountability. Bam. Nailed it. You now have accountability with a lot of people across planet Earth, dude. And you're going to look like a bleepity bleep if you don't hold to your word. You get that? That's a gift. I got it. That will it propel is. you. That's good. That will propel you to getting the very thing you want. BC Nation, I went totally over. I, I, there's no script to my show, as you know. Sometimes that works out for me very well. Other times, not so well. Hopefully, God has struck your heart and just created that little crack. That's all God needs for his light to pour in, his love to pour in. Michael, um, we don't have time for your three spiritual tips, but I think you did enough. I, I really think you okay. gifted us uh, today. Um, so let's go into my favorite part of the show. Uh, welcome to the confession round. Born and raised Catholic. You love that. I know that. So, uh, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions and you'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. What is your favorite thing about God? His love. What is your least favorite thing about God? His wrath. (laughs) <laughs> got it <laughs> what are you most afraid of afraid of i don't know if you did know what are you most afraid of we're all scared of something right now bankruptcy i guess got it which makes sense why the whole control issues around your business and all that stuff sure What's your, the number one thing you're struggling with right now, personally or professionally? Why? Why all this is happening? Yeah. There's a whole lack of control and not knowing why, right? You're, our inner control right. freak is like, what the F? I need to know. I need knowledge. I need facts. I got to make decisions. Let's go. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Probably partying with people that were not a good influence. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Hmm. Secret fear I have about people. Yeah, how you relate to them, how they relate to you. We all have a secret fear. What do you got? Uh, I don't know. I want to be liked. Yeah, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? listen mm. well starting We've tomorrow all along. yeah starting <laughs> tomorrow you just publicly committed buddy it's on by the way i have what's called a 40-day holy hour challenge okay we need a target we need a number and 40 days is the biblical number of testing in the bible when god tests us michael blasco are you willing to commit publicly to doing 60 minutes a day in silence with your creator, just listening with a pen and paper. What does he want to say about you and your life and your future and your kids and all that stuff, your business, all of it. Are you willing to commit to that for the next 40 days starting tomorrow? Yes or no? Yes. We're two and more gathered in God's name. He's right here. There's no going back now, my friend. That's my gift to you. You're welcome. Now, BC Nation, you may say, what the F, Joseph? You just like put that on him. That wasn't cool. Really? Because I promise you, if Michael (laughs) does this, God's going to shift his entire life in a powerful way beyond Michael's dreams. Guarantee it. So you could say, what the F, or you're too harsh, or or whatever. I don't want to coach with you. Great. You're not made for me. You're not ready for me. But there's some of you out there that says, man, I need exactly what you just did. I need that. Call me up. Put me on the spot. I want to commit. I want the accountability. Then I, I, I can go get those dreams. Michael, what's a new habit you want to form? Probably being a little more organized. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Mm, 
habit I want to break. Sleeping in. Yeah. When I say sleeping in, it's like after six. Oh, God. <laughs> You're early, early bird. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Describe who I am now. I'd say I'm real. I'd say I'm probably a little too blunt sometimes. And I'm open. Pick three words to describe who you are. Who you are um, sorry, who you were before you experienced God in your heart. I was probably... And a pretty negative outlook on things, I would say. I would say I was probably willing to fake it till I'd make it, if you will. And and now I have more of an approach of um, this is me. If, if if you're in, great. And if you're not, that's okay too. I have the and same philosophy. The, mm-hmm. Go ahead. the third third thing would probably be. probably calmer i used to be a lot more excitable and have a short temper and now i'm much more even keel and just kind of take things in before i react to them i agree with you because i just pushed and poked and prodded spiritually and you were so (laughs) calm about it you didn't react you didn't tell me to go bleep myself like i really recognize that and and that that's fantastic Last question, Michael. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your wife, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them? Probably just be honest with themselves. Get real about what's real, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. We just did it today, you and I. It's pretty cool stuff, buddy. Any final wisdom? What's, what's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God and trusting him, surrendering to him versus not? If you think that you still have control over what's going on, look in the world today because you don't. God's clearly in control. And the faster we give what's on us to him, he's going to carry us. He's going to take us to where we need to go. BC Nation, Michael Blasco we're speaking with. He just gave you the recipe for spiritual success. Absolutely. You can find him at tampabayfoodtruckrally.com, tampabayfoodtruckrally.com. Go reach out to him, would you? And acknowledge him for what he just did today. I have a three-letter definition for leadership. Uh, sorry, three-word definition for leadership, Michael. It's you go first. That's leadership. You went first, Michael. You're a true leader. Thank you for being on BC Nation today on Broken Catholic. I really appreciate you. And what is the best way for um, BC Nation to get in touch with you, get in, involved in what you're up to? Maybe you have something for them. What do you got, buddy? Sure. So the easiest way to get in touch is probably through email. It's uh, Michael at TB as in Tampa Bay, FTR as in foodtruckrally.com. And uh, what we have going on right now is we are bringing food trucks to neighborhoods and setting up and doing contactless takeout. And so truck pulls in, sets up a table, you order online, you, you walk out your front door. Maybe you're only 200 yards from the truck. You take a nice little walk walk down, your food's sitting on the table waiting for you after you get a message, and you walk up, you grab your food, and you go. You don't have contact with anyone. It's all online ordering. You see the food truck, the food truck's there, so your food's hot and fresh. It didn't sit in an, in an Uber Eats for 40 minutes while it was coming to your house getting gross. Um, please support local restaurants. Can't stress that enough. They need it more than ever. Can't stress that enough. There is no big marketing budget to back up somebody to put their life savings into starting a restaurant in your neighborhood. So support local as much as you can. 
If you want more info on how the food truck process works with contactless takeout, you can go to foodtrucktakeout.com. Wow, such a cool pivot you made. I like that so much. We just had Amazon. No, we had pizza delivered last night and we opened the door and the the driver is six feet back and the pizza's on the ground <laughs> in front of us on top of the, the hot bag. And we're just like, why'd you put my food on the ground, dude? <laughs> I'm not sure I like this, but, but I get the whole principle. So to get it from a, a truck in the neighborhood, fresh cooked, love this, love this concept. What a great pivot. Awesome. Michael Blasco, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Thank you, Joseph. Appreciate you having me on. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction be done with the medications, be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids, we lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.